Warning. The following contains massive spoilers for the designated series. Listener discretion is advised. You are being watched. You're listening to the Television Archive. The show where we, the television-loving hordes of the internet, take a deep dive into what used to be in our beloved media. My name is Thomas Michael Clark, and this is Person of Interest. These people irrelevant. We don't. Hunted by the authorities. We work in secret. You'll never find us. But victim or perpetrator, if your number's up, we'll find you. Today we will be discussing Season 2, Episode 21, titled Zero Day. Okay, this episode. Holy crap, there's so much going on here. So, a little bit of a lesson for you in how television shows are written. So, shows like this, that are sort of halfway between episodic and serialized... More often than not, like nine times out of ten, an individual season of this type of show, it will reach a point towards the end of the season where it drops its formula and just becomes a race to the finish. And every show with this type of structure does it. Like all the DCCW shows do it, uh, and this very much does it as well. Uh, it, it it reaches a point, usually around like the 80 to 90% mark, where it'll reach up an implicit agreement with the viewer, where they're just like, okay, if you made it this far, you probably give a shit about the overarching story we're trying to tell, you probably care about our big macro narrative as much as all the micro narratives and we don't have to try and pull you in every single week with a self-contained beginning middle and end we don't have to do our typical formula to try and keep you hooked clearly if you're this far in you're hooked enough on our overarching story that we can just do that and so then it just goes nuts, and like I said, becomes a race to the finish. It's just like, okay, let's deliver, mm, for lack of a better term, our third act. Let's deliver our climax of the season for however many episodes we have left. This is that point for season two. Very much so. (laughs) Like, this is that point where they're just like, okay, we're not even gonna pretend to be like a bunch of standalone episodes anymore. We're just going to say, here, here's the end of the overarching macro story of this season. And what a macro story this is. Oh, boy. So, we begin this episode, and the machine's just fully broken. It is just, uh, it has stalled in its tracks. We've gone ten days without receiving any numbers, like, it has, it is in the final stages of this virus-induced shutdown. And Finch and Reese are like, hey, uh, how do we deal with this? What's gonna happen? Like, we need to, we need to figure out what the hell is happening here and how we can fix it. 
But eventually, Reese and Finch get a number. They get a new number in the form of this CEO, Thornhill. Uh, He runs this, like, data entry place. Uh, He's buying up all the payphones in New York. And right away, something seems off about this guy. For one, his, like, data entry firm is just, like, entering in a bunch of weird-ass code, printing it out, and then just entering it in someplace else. Like, it's just, like, transferring long strings of code. Also, this Thornhill guy, he seems to be very much just nowhere to be found. He seems to kind of be just effing off somewhere no one knows where. But eventually we find out that this dude bought a car service. And he is getting uh, driven from the airport back to uh, his place of work. So Reese goes to try and intercept this guy in order to protect him. While he's there, someone else comes with a drone and blows up the damn car. And when Reese goes to save him from the burning car, no Thornhill. He is not in the car. He's just gone. For whatever reason. He's just not anywhere to be found. So this guy, we are able to figure out, is a full-blown ghost. And not only is he a ghost, but the one picture that Finch is able to find of him is a composite of a bunch of different people. And the one call he's able to track down that he made is just spoofed from a random location using code that is native to and irreplicable from the machine. Thornhill is the machine. There is no Thornhill, only the machine. Uh, The machine set up this identity as part of a massively sophisticated defense mechanism. Now, we don't know why the machine has this random identity there. We don't know why the machine needs this big data entry firm. We don't know uh, why... Uh, these guys, who, by the way, totally forgot to mention, uh, we were able to link the guy with the drone to Decima. So we don't know why Decima wants this guy dead. Like, we have no idea what's going on. While all of this is happening, Root is making herself known, kind of burning her ties to the Office of Special Counsel, Trying to get a bunch of uh, information out of our special counsel man. 
and then is going to Finch and saying like, hey, what'd you do? Why can't the machine defend itself? Uh, why'd you break it, Finch? Why'd you break it? Why can't it protect itself from this virus, Finch? And Root is sort of demanding that Finch help her save the machine. Reese, on Finch's suggestion, goes to the apartment set up in Thornhill's name to see what's going on. While Finch answers this call from Root, who's like, come to this address. And then just after Reese leaves, Finch makes a 911 call. Reese goes over to said apartment. Finds Shaw there, who apparently has been tracking Root for a while now. And is now on the trail of Thornhill because Root is on the trail of Thornhill. So Shaw is like there to try and figure out why is this Thornhill guy important to Root. Like just on her little revenge trip. And then, just as they're figuring out, like, wait a minute, why are you here? Like, the police show up and arrest Reese. Shaw comes back to uh, the interrogation room where Reese is being held as his lawyer. And reveals to Reese, so, um, the 911 call made that got you captured, that was made by Finch. Finch didn't want Reese to know that he was meeting with Rue and didn't want him to interfere, so he just got Reese captured. But Reese then reveals, like, okay, well, uh, I have a tracking device in his glasses, so I can just I can just find him that way. So Shaw breaks Reese out of out of the police station. And the two of them go to find Finch. And Finch goes on this great adventure with Root. Uh, Root forces him to meet outside of Grace's house. Which is like a big moment of like Root knowing like, hey, I know where your, <laughs> where your former fiancé who thinks you're dead is. Uh, you can help me save the machine or I will kill her. And then they go on this whole escapade. And basically, we find out in the midst of this, through, like, Root's whole exposition and all that, what all this is about. So this virus was made, not to kill the machine, but to force it into a hard reset. Because as part of the machine's programming, once a hard reset takes place, It goes into this emergency backup, calling a specific payphone. And whoever answers that payphone gets God Mode admin access to the machine for 24 hours. Now, if someone like, say, Decima were to get access to that God Mode protocol... They would have control of quite literally the most powerful force on Earth, and they could do 
whatever the hell they want with it. And 24 hours, more than enough time for Decima to say, hey, um, machine, you just want to be, like, ours now? <laughs> you just want to, like, work for us? <laughs> like, that's that's more than enough time for Decima to tweak those protocols with a literal god mode. So this is all a big, massive ploy for Decima to get control of this machine. The reason they wanted Thornhill dead is because Thornhill was buying up all the payphones. The machine, again, doing this little defense mechanism to make sure only the right people gain access to these payphones. Uh, buying up every of them. Buying up every single one of them. So that is what all this has been about. That is what all of this is. We then also go to this data entry place, and it is revealed that this data entry place is a workaround for a very, 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 very specific limitation that Finch put on the machine. So in early testings, Finch started seeing anomalies. And we saw some of this in flashbacks, by the way. We were seeing anomalies where the machine had imprinted upon Finch as, like, a parent. And it was starting to act like a person. And for what the machine was needed for, it didn't need to be a person. It needed to be a machine. So Finch put in a fix, quote-unquote to this, where every night at midnight, in addition to the irrelevant numbers, the machine deletes itself, its memories, everything about, like, any form of persona it has developed. It dumps it all. And so the machine, as a workaround to this... By the way, Root is horrified at this prospect. Because she views the machine as like a living entity. Whereas Finch has always just viewed the machine as a machine. And even Finch says, like, the reality is it's somewhere in between. Blah, 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 blah. But this was basically a workaround to that. Where the machine basically created this giant external hard drive to just, like... Back up all its memories. In addition to dumping it all, it just sends the code to this data firm that it runs under the guise of Thornhill. And they just type up all these memories. They type up the code of all these memories and the machine just has them in this physical location. Like, as this last resort to preserve identity. It's really cool and really phenomenal. Like, and it's a very, very, like, okay. I'm just gonna say it. So Jonathan Nolan, after this show, went on to make Westworld. You may have heard of it. <laughs> you may have heard of this little show called Westworld. It's on some it's on some B-tier network called HBO. Might have heard of it. 
Does is anyone surprised that Jonathan Nolan made Westworld? After watching this, is anyone surprised? Because this really is like the precursor to Westworld in pretty much every possible way. I'd also argue this show is uh, better than Westworld. At the very least, it's more consistent. I'll just say that. Uh, That second season was disappointing. But what I am saying here is, holy crap, this is Westworld level, like just meditation on what is sentient. What is consciousness? Where does where does that line begin and end? Where does real consciousness begin and artificial uh, end? Like, where is that line? And, like, it does not provide a, an easy answer at any point in, in this entire series. It does not provide an easy answer in this moment. Like, it's so good. It's such a great moment. But now... Finch knows exactly where this payphone, exactly which payphone that they are trying to access, exactly which payphone the machine needs, is. So Finch takes root there. Uh, Meanwhile, Reese and Shaw, still on the trail, uh, track Finch's glasses tracker to the data entry place. Although... By the time they're there, Finch is gone, and in his place, we have Decima! They are there, also on the trail, and we get this great confrontation between Reese and Shaw and this old man at the top of Decima. And he reveals that he knows, like, everything about Reese, everything about Shaw. Literally, the only person he doesn't know about is Finch. And this dude reveals, like, that the virus came from this laptop that Reese and Stanton retrieved in China. That jump-started the whole Stanton debacle. And he reveals that the person who sold it is Harold Finch. So Finch has got some explaining to do. Let's just say that. Uh, Reese and Shaw then shoot their way out and go back on the trail. This all culminates in this phenomenal library sequence. Finch is there, ready for the payphone deal. Decima has able has been able to narrow down which payphone it is to that payphone as well. So we get this big confrontation between Decima and uh, Reese, Finch, and all the others. Shaw, Root, and all them. Now Finch is able to reroute where the call is coming in. To another payphone in the same library. So when it calls, it will not call the one Decima thinks it's going to, and it'll go to Root. All the while, Reese shows up and is, like, beating up these Decima assholes. And at the last second, like, the call comes in, the timer hits zero, it is midnight, and we now are initiating God Mode. So the call comes in that Root answers. 
Also, Finch manages to rig it up so that not just the payphone he rerouted to does, but the original payphone does as well. He makes it so that Root is not sole admin and leaves that phone ringing for Reese. So, Root is God Mode Admin, and Reese is God Mode Admin. And that's where the episode ends. And that's just the A story, by the way. We haven't talked about any of these subplots. Uh, We see flashbacks back to uh, when Finch first proposed to Grace, and when Finch found out about Ingram uh, going after irrelevant numbers. And that is so... Brilliantly handled. By the way, the last irrelevant number that comes in in this flashback sequence is Ingram. Remember, in the present day, Ingram is super dead. So there's that, and and there's this great, great moment where Ingram's trying to convince Finch that, like, the irrelevant numbers are worth saving. And Finch is like, no, 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 this risks everything I've worked for. This risks everything we've done. And, like, basically goes out of his way to stop Ingram from chasing these irrelevant numbers. And we also get this subplot with Carter, where she's continuing to go after this uh, Beecher case. And an HR cop comes up to Carter and is like, hey, I got a lead. I got a lead. Let's go. Let's go. And they, they go to this one house. Where initially, this dude tries to kill Carter. But without Carter knowing it, he fails spectacularly. Uh, Carter finds the suspect. And the suspect comes out with a gun. And Carter shoots him. But then... IA shows up. And is like, I mean... You say he had a gun, but there's no gun there. There is no gun there. So now, they have pivoted from kill Carter to frame her for murder. Yeah, Carter's not having a good time. (laughs) Carter's not having a good day. Not having a good, not having a good week, not having a good month, not having a good season, just in general. <laughs> this is, uh, this show has put Carter in a very, very bad situation. Jesus Christ, uh, she cannot catch a break. Anyway, uh, so yeah, we're down to the last episode of the season. Oh boy, I'm not gonna say anything. I'm not gonna say anything. The finale, it's something, man. It's really, really something. Anyway, uh, if you like this, favorite the podcast, anchor.fm slash TV archives so that you can be here every single Monday through Friday as I go through every single episode of this and other shows. And you can find it on pretty much whatever podcast or app you prefer. Feel free to call in as well. It's simple as just to push a button on the Anchor app. I'll play those on the show from time to time if you feel so inclined to send those in. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram, TomTom4468, and support the show. Patreon.com slash Thomas Clark. Pledge just a dollar a month. I appreciate everything I get through there. If you become a patron, you can also get access to the Television Archive Supplemental, uh, which I will put up over there once every month. Or, if that doesn't work for you, you can also support the show directly via Anchor. I appreciate that as well.
Uh, tomorrow we will be discussing Season 2, Episode 22, the season finale. Talk to you then.